Henson's latest podcast. My name is Alison Oliver. I'm a partner in Henson's specialist GP team. And I'm joined by Kirsty O'Dell, senior solicitor. Hi, Kirsty. Hi, Alison. So this is one in a series of primary care podcasts that we're producing in 2020. Um, and this short 15 minute podcast will cover what it means to be a partner in a GP practice. So in January last year, 2019, the final report of the GP partnership review was published. Uh, the review of the partnership model in general practice had been commissioned by the Secretary of State for Health and Social Care and was chaired by Dr. Nigel Watson. The report notes that the partnership model has underpinned general practice since before the establishment of the NHS, but that the model has become less popular amongst GPs. The report concluded that the partnership model has many strengths that continue to be relevant in the health service of today and into the future. More recently, NHS England has introduced a new to partnership payment scheme to incentivise GPs to take up partnership positions. So it appears that the partnership model is here to stay for the time being at least. So what does it mean to be a partner in a GP practice? In this podcast, we examine this question from a legal perspective. We'll answer some key questions to help you understand what it means to be a partner, such as what is a partnership from a legal perspective? What legal rules govern partnerships? What rights and duties do partners have? How can a partnership be ended? And what happens when a partner joins a partnership? So firstly, over to Kirsty, would you like to speak a little bit about what is a partnership? Yes, thanks, Alison. Um, so the legal definition of a partnership is the relationship which exists between persons carrying on a business with a view to profit. So it's a flexible business model without a formal structure. And unlike a company which has a legal personality of its own, separate from its owners and, and managers, a partnership consists of its individual partners and is not a legal entity in its own right. So that means that a partnership can't itself enter into contracts or, or own property. Um, it's the individual partners that, that do those things. So one of the risks of being a partner is therefore that you're personally liable together with your partners for the partnership debts and obligations. Um, you're also jointly and severally liable for the wrongful acts and omissions of any partner acting in the ordinary course of business of the partnership. So that means that, for example, you could be sued for clinical negligence of one of your partners, although, of course, in practice, all of the partners should be covered by the GP indemnity scheme and the partnership should take out insurance for any additional risks um, outside of the scope of that scheme that they may be liable for. So it's worth noting here that general partnership, which is the model most commonly adopted in general practice, differs from a limited partnership. So that's the partnership where the liability of particular partners is limited and also a limited liability partnership or an LLP, which is a hybrid model. LLPs are not currently permitted to hold GMS contracts or PMS agreements, and that's therefore not a model that we see used in general practice. So, Alison, um, what legal rules govern partnerships? Thanks, Kirsty. Uh, well, partnerships in England and Wales are governed by the Partnership Act of 1890, so a pretty old piece of legislation. Um, and that sets out some basic rules which apply in the absence of agreement to the contrary by the partners. 
So the provisions of the Partnership Act are unlikely to be appropriate for a modern day GP partnership. And for that reason, it's important that the partners agree the terms that they want to apply to their partnership and set those out in a separate partnership deed. So a partnership deed will deal with matters such as how workload, partnership property and profits will be shared, what leave entitlements partners will enjoy, um, and the circumstances in which partners are allowed to leave the partnership or might be forced to leave the partnership by their partners. Um, a partnership without a partnership deed is known as a partnership at will, uh, which means that it will only continue at the will of all the partners. Now, any partner can dissolve a partnership at will by notifying the other partners. And in a GP partnership, this is very likely to result in the termination of the practices contract with the NHS. So it's a very unstable business model. And it's essential that GP partnerships put in place a partnership deed to override the provisions of the Partnership Act and to keep it up to date so as to prevent a partnership at will arising. So if you're invited to join a GP partnership, one of the first things you should do is ask to see a copy of the partnership deed um, as this sets out um, the rules that will govern your rights and obligations and also gives you some assurance that the partnership that you're joining is a stable business structure. Um, so, Kirsty, um, I think you are now going to talk about uh, the rights and duties of partners. Yes, thanks, Alison. So as I mentioned earlier, a partnership is the relationship between individuals carrying on business together uh, and importantly with a view to making profit. So a fundamental feature of being a partner is therefore that you share the profits of the partnership. So in the absence of an agreement to the contrary, partners share profits equally. Um, however, the partners may agree to share the profits differently. And some partners are what is known as fixed share partners, and that's where they receive a fixed prior share of profits with the other partners sharing the remaining net profits in agreed proportions. So if the partnership suffers losses, these will also be borne by the partners, and that's usually in the same proportions that they share profits. Partners are the owners and managers of the partnership. Um, so they'll usually be expected to contribute capital towards the running of the partnership um, and also to participate in decision making. The precise capital obligations and decision making structures are usually set out in the practices partnership agreement. Um, so partners have a number of implied duties um, and probably the most fundamental of those is a duty of good faith to their partners. That's a fiduciary duty um, and it's the cornerstone really of partnership law. Uh, trust lies at the heart of the partner relationship. Um, in practice, the duty of good faith uh, breaks down to an obligation on partners uh, to provide full information to their partners about matters concerning the partnership, not to profit from partnership property without consent of the other partners, um, and also not to compete with the partnership. So, Alison, I'll pass back over to you now to, to talk about how you end a partnership relationship. Thanks, Kirsty. Yes, so there's a, there's no right under the Partnership Act for a partner to retire from a partnership or for the other partners uh, to expel a partner. So that those matters can only be dealt with if there's um, an agreement between the partners. If there isn't an agreement, then under the Partnership Act, the only way of ending a partnership at will is for it to be dissolved. 
So this is obviously problematic if um, you had a partner that you um, needed to take action against because of their behaviour or, or conduct or performance, um, or if there was a disgruntled partner who, who wanted to leave. So in order to avoid full dissolution when an individual partner leaves, which would threaten the continuation of the practice's NHS contract, um, a GP partnership should have an agreement which sets out the circumstances in which a partner can retire voluntarily from the partnership and the circumstances in which they can be expelled. So, for example, the partners need to be able to expel a partner whose conduct, performance or circumstances cause the partnership to be in breach of the NHS contract, otherwise the whole practice could be at risk. Uh, we do have a separate podcast um, on this topic, which you might like to listen to for more information. Um, so, Kirsty, what about um, joining a partnership? So if you're joining a partnership, you're generally only going to be liable for the debts and obligations of the partnership from the date that you become a partner. It's quite common for new partners to, to serve a probationary period during which either the new partner or the existing partners can terminate the arrangement on short notice. So it gives you an opportunity to find out if it works. Um, and during which particular terms might apply, um, such as the new partner not having to contribute to capital. Um, and if that's the case, the terms should be agreed in writing, um, because if there isn't that agreement in place, the new partner will automatically be a, a full partner upon joining. And as we've mentioned before and, and earlier on in this podcast, it's really crucial that a partnership deed is in place. When a new partner joins, essentially a new partnership is formed. The new partner will therefore have to sign up to a deed of adherence to the existing partnership deed or to enter into a new partnership deed um, so that they're bound by the same terms as the other partners. Thanks, Kirsty. Um, so in summary, it, it appears that the GP partnership model is, is um, still alive and kicking for the, for the foreseeable future. So being a partner can bring personal, professional and financial rewards, uh, but it's not a position to be taken lightly. You should only enter a partnership with people you know and trust, and you should carry out due diligence before you join a practice to make sure that it's a, a healthy and viable practice. And you should always have a partnership deed in place to govern the relationship between the partners and to protect the practice. So that was a quick whistle stop tour through what it means to be a GP partner. Um, we need to say that this podcast includes opinion and interpretation, which we consider is correct at the time of recording, but you should always seek legal advice on your situation. If you'd like to know more, you can find our contact details and other podcasts on www.hempsons.co.uk or call me, Alison, on 0191 230 6079 or Kirsty on 020 7484 7647. That just leaves me to say thank you for listening to our podcast. Please contact us if you have any questions.